800-837-8428. As a truck driver, I've learned how important road safety is. I know that large trucks need more time and room to stop. That's why I always hang back and follow other vehicles at a safe distance. Everyone can help keep our roads safe. Next time you're driving, try to remember to always give trucks extra space when you merge in front of them. Let's all plan to share the road safely. Learn how at www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. The Truth, 770 KAAM. The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. What's coming up on today's experience? Devotional Diamonds of the Day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show, which have nothing to do with life and they're not expensive. And the one I'm using today is, help, I've fallen and I can't get up. You'll understand the review of the goofy news, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. Much sooner than you think. Life lessons for our faith that we can actually use if we decide to be doers of the word and not just hearers. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? Well, because on Monday I'm, I'm going to pay the bill. <laughs> That's why. Also, a Bible trivia for fake, and yet somehow, real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience post-fall-down edition, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I will be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen, and we don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian, going through the process, not just about going to church. Now, I did that on Sunday. Not just about, you know, know, taking the dogs out. I did that on Sunday. But also what happens when you slip in the bathroom and you decide you're going to tackle the wall, the, the, the door bridge, with your kneecap. What happens and how do you respond? We're going to talk about all that. Here's the bottom line, though. If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, we don't want you to let it die of loneliness. If you have a prayer request, if you have a praise report, later we'll, we'll do Bible trivia. But right now, if you want to share with us, you want to reach out to us, the number to call is 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770, where you get to actually talk to Cat and Chris. And then you will once again be sailing in the right direction. Let's see, a couple of days you couldn't do that, but now you can. You can also text in at 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Also, was there something else? Yes, there is. You can email david at hemustincrease.org. 
That's david at hemustincrease.org, which, of course, leads us to the website where there's two things that I got to – three things I got Fourth, there's three things I got to tell you about. One, you can get the book, The Broken for His Glory, which has to do with getting hurt in a church, but then buck up. You got to go back to church. That's number one. Number two, there's some really cool, cool pictures from our California life in regards to sunsets. I told you guys we lived in the La Jolla area and then also in uh, the Carlsbad area. And in that area, we had a three mile wide ocean view. So I have a thousand pictures, and they're, they're, I don't know if you saw them or not, they're pretty cool. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it's pretty cool. And then the other thing you can do is you can give. Now, we never want to manipulate anybody into giving. Giving is something we believe that the Lord should put on your heart. If you give, we want you to give to your church first, your place of worship first, where you get fed first. This is not your church. This is a ministry in the context of fellowship. We get together, we strengthen each other as we see the day approaching. If you decide you do want to give, great. If not, please pray for us. That's what we're going to ask you. Please go and check out hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okie dokie, artichokey. So uh, there's so much that I want to say, but so much I have to be careful to say, uh, only because it's all of it's embarrassing. There's nothing that's not embarrassing. I will tell you this. For the last two days, I have not been in the studio. So for those of you that did not know that, I was pretty good on our part then, huh? <laughs> not too shabby. All right. Uh, I did have an accident. Before we get into that, I want to set up the scripture that I'm going to use and then bring the whole experience into it. This is going to be coming out of Psalm 9. So we've gone through eight psalms. We're in the ninth psalm. And it says this, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. So uh, people are like, yeah, well, that's great. When things are going great, I can do that. Yeah. I mean, I could say, hey, love you, Lord. Hey, hey, your works are just fantastic. Hey, hey, now. I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, I'm so glad. Yeah, I rejoice in you when things are going well. That's really not much of a test of faith. In fact, if you don't give praise when things are going well, you're stingy. I mean, I'm just, man, me. It's whether you can say thank you when you're in your bathroom after you've taken a shower. Your dogs are barking at the neighbors, which, you know, you're not allowed to have your dogs just continually bark because it's not being a very good neighbor. You go out and tell your dog, hey, hey, take a bone, go to the bank and buy a clue because you're too loud. Then you go back into your bathroom and uh, in the one foot space that doesn't have a rug, <laughs> the rest of it's rugged, right? Whoop! And uh, I'm not exactly small or light, and with full force, I showed people how to tackle a door jam with my kneecap. Now, what was bad about this situation was my nose was at the same place that my knee was at when this happened. That is not a normal function for me. <laughs> okay, that's number one. Number two, then I landed back on the ground, kind of smacked my head, and the pain was just glorious, if you uh, like that kind of thing. 
The challenge was that I was in my bathroom and I had to, with my hands on my face, without moving or let me rephrase it, without tilting my leg, crawl step by step, literally taking my hands, digging it into the carpet and pulling myself along until I can get all the way to the other part of the house where my cell phone was because we don't have phones in our our bedrooms anymore. Yeah, sometimes technology, maybe not the greatest thing. So I was able to reach out to my wife. She was able to immediately uh, come home. We have a couple of codes. We use codes. I don't know about other people, but if it's something that's re- – we only use the 911 code if it's something really serious. So I gave her a 911 text, called the store, told her, got to get here right now. Uh, you know, it's not a good situation. <laughs> it's just kind of how it goes. Now, let me say a couple of things because I'll, I'll tell the rest of it in the next portion, but I want to make it connective to the Scripture so you can understand. Now – It's at that point you can turn and you can look. Well, you couldn't turn because I couldn't move. But you can turn your heart towards the Lord and go, why? Right? No logical. There's no nothing that you couldn't come up with anything. Right? You couldn't like, what's the word I'm looking for? You couldn't put it in a box and go, well, this had to happen because this, because this. You could never do. It was an accident, as my wife said. Uh, well, you're you're a klutz. Okay, so yeah, okay. So, I mean, there's not a lot of... Sp- but the attitude towards the Lord and the quickness it is to blame, and I will confess that a thousand other times I have looked up to God and said, really? <laughs> really? You don't got anything else to do? You guys are bored in heaven? You guys got to pick on me? You know, I know nobody else has ever felt that way. But... The bottom line is I didn't do that this time. I didn't. I just looked up to the Lord and said, I'm just going to step in. I literally said this to the Lord. I'm just going to step out in faith. And if you're mad at me, I'm just hoping you're not chastening me in your hot displeasure. That's the first line I want to use because I don't know. Maybe I missed something big and the Lord really wasn't happy. But the bottom line was I never at any point sensed that the Lord wasn't with me. It just was a lousy scenario. That's it. And instead of yelling or blaming God, or better yet, because this is what Job did, justifying myself because I'm such a neato Christian, instead of doing that stupid, stupid thing, I just told the Lord, please get me through this as swiftly as is able. Let me pull out of it anything I can get, and uh, let's get back to the things that we got to do. And that's where I left it. Now, for me, that's a leap and a bound. I mean, I'm just way, way far away. Because 27 years ago in January, I had this same injury. When that injury took place, I was pastoring a church. I was on the football field when that injury took place. And that's when some of the other people who went to church with me, who I preached to, heard about tongues, but not the kind we're talking about from a Pentecostal point of view. Uh, And that's what happened because my leg went the other way, and then it went this way, and then it went that way, and it wasn't good. And I must have spent a week and a half just saying to God, why, 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 right? I was three weeks out, right? This injury was worse I'm already driving after three days. So in a very real sense, I am much, much more appreciative. By the way, I was 27 years younger when this happened last time, not just immature, but physically younger. And so I'm just like, wow, what a what a bunch of grace. 
I'll take it all day long. And so some of you knew about that and were praying for me, and I appreciate it. But here's the thing. You know what? You can make a decision to turn and to justify yourself just like I've done a thousand times before. Or you can turn before the Lord and say, you drop in whatever I need to catch. And let me figure it out and walk it right. And at least walk with some sense of maturity. I know you're watching. I don't want to dishonor you. Yeah. yeah. I don't always do that. And boy, I hope if something bad happens again, I do it again. I do it the right way. But this time I was able to pull that off. Here's the bottom line. I'll be, I will be glad and rejoice in you. It is a decision, even in the midst of accidents. Ooh. What about that? All right, we're going to take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Most of my life, it feels like I've been running. The David Spoon Experience. There was a pastor, now I use that word with some reservation, having been involved in uh, ministry and having the privilege of planting seven churches uh, throughout the United States and having three separate ordinations, I have a tremendous amount of respect for people who commit their lives into ministry. Uh, But whenever there's somebody on television or anywhere else that uh, is a nut job, then uh, I just call it like I see it. Okay, now that's what I call it. Call it like I see it. On the Sean Hannity show, uh, roughly about uh, two weeks ago, a reverend, so-called Reverend Oliver White was on the show, and uh, Reverend Wright said this, and I'm going to repeat it because some of these things are just unbelievable. He said that Jesus was wrong about marriage. At least he didn't have the audacity to say he never said anything about marriage. He said Jesus was wrong about marriage and that marriage should be more than between a man and a woman. And then he proceeded to say this statement, ladies and gentlemen. He said this. Now, this isn't even the thing that's irritating. Then he proceeded to say this. If Jesus were alive today, he said, he would say, I didn't know it all. This is a man who's supposed to be representing Jesus Christ as a minister. This guy's no minister. And if you want to say, well, that's judging, I'll take that judgment all day long. All day long, I'll take that judgment, no matter what anybody says. Here's a guy that says two things. One, Jesus was wrong about marriage. Two, if Jesus were alive today, any person who proclaims or professes to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ and questions whether Jesus Christ is alive today or not is not a minister, but a false teacher. I don't care. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you think that's mean. That's irrelevant. Facts are facts. And here's the thing that just overwhelms me. This overwhelms me, ladies and gentlemen. Any person who is in public office, now this goes with this, all three, three of these things go together. Any person who is in public office who changes their convictions about same-sex marriage because another family member has made a decision to go into the lifestyle of being gay or lesbian, any person who changes their convictions, their biblical Christian convictions, based on another family member changing their status uh, into a, a gay or lesbian lifestyle, and then that person then changes their Bible convictions to, uh, to accommodate their family member is not fit to be a Christian. 
That's right. I said it. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Now, let me just tell everybody that that K-double-A-men still rocking in my mind. I like that. That's kind of a nice way to do it. We're going to do our trivia question, but somebody has called in. They want to share first, so we'll give them that opportunity. Then we'll do our Bible trivia, and then we'll do the rest of the teaching, and I'll give you a couple more updates on on the knee. That's what it should be called. It should be called, like, you know, like the knee. All right. Uh, ready? All right. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. Good afternoon. This is Sergio. Hi, Sergio. How are you? Good. It's been a while since we've spoken. Yeah, yeah. I've been praying for you on a regular basis. I hope you're doing good. I am. That's the reason I'm giving you a call. First and foremost, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry what happened to you. That, that just sounds so bad. But I hope you get better with your knee and your nose and all that stuff. Now, I appreciate that. It, it is getting better. And it was it was a bummer when it happened in that sense because it was like, uh, you know, you never. it's never a good time. <laughs> I can just imagine. Well, that was a good segue that you just mentioned how you were on the floor and, and how you responded. But I'm going to tell you, uh, and I'm not going to take that much time, David, because I know how this works, but um, I, I was just miserable, miserable, miserable in my last job, and and I couldn't do it no more. And there was a Friday where I basically just prayed before I went in, and and I sincerely and genuinely just told God, I can't do this no more. I mean, my future and my life are in your hands. So that was a Friday. Monday, I went in and resigned. And Monday morning, and then Monday afternoon, I got a call from another job, and wow. and I just, I just feel that being obedient and and working on my faith helped me in that experience. Absolutely, what a great, great testimony! As soon as you let go and can just said, you know what, I'm here. It is. I, I can't do any better. You're gonna have to help me out. That's exactly what he did. <laughs> he helped you out. And, and, and I'm telling you, David, I mean, I, I think you know me. I, I, the first time I called was like three or four months ago, and I was very honest with you. I mean, I'm, I'm zealous. I mean, I'm really, really aggressive in, in knowing this, and, and, and I'm like, I'm, I'm reading the Bible now and, and reading Christian books, and I'm like, man, this is real. This thing is real. I mean, if you really, really give yourself, like, if you succumb, if you surrender, like you say, it's real. And I just really wanted to show with that with the, uh, with, with the audience. Excellent, excellent job, brother. That's a great, great job. It's wonderful that uh, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, and you just did, and you are a redeemed of the Lord. That is awesome. Great testimony. I appreciate thank you, David. And have a great, have a great day, and uh, hope you feel better, man. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you. God bless you. Bye. 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 All right, you got to got to be seen. Now look at Sergio. So he's like gonna. All right, Lord. You know what? You're gonna have to be in. I love that attitude. Uh, that Christians will have, and I've mentioned it before, and I'm and and I'm I'm not trying to take away from that, so don't misunderstand. But I just remember the one time where I prayed for a job and looking through the paper, and I said, you know, Lord, I asked you for a job. I'm just going to put this paper down. Walked out my front door, and the landscape around our house that was doing the house for my mom said, Hey, Dave, you need a job. And I worked with that guy. His name was Ben. He was a Christian. I worked with that guy for three years. It's like you just <laughs> the Lord. He's so much smarter. It's just not. It's not funny. It's like he's really smart. We're really not. Okay, that's a nice way to say that. Okay, uh, great testimony by Sergio. Excellent work. 
here we go on our first trivia question. When did Mary realize that the man in the garden was Jesus? What happened that she went, Rabboni? What happened? That's the question I'm asking. I'm kind of leaving it there. Uh, you don't have to have a perfect answer. You rarely have to have a perfect answer. I don't think we do a lot of math, so I don't I don't feel that that's really a big part of us. Uh, if you want to respond, you can call in 972-445-0770. Kirk got it right away. Excellent job, brother. Uh, you can also text in 214-210-8483. And then you can also send an email to david at hemustincrease.org. In the meantime, we are going to do our DNA because I haven't done that for a little while. Uh, DNA is what we should be made of. The D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. Now, I mean daily. If I wasn't here uh, yesterday, I wasn't here uh, the day before. That didn't stop me from spending time with the Lord, and it should never stop you. And if things are disrupted, that's, that's a bummer. That's a big disruption. You still spend time with God. You still hang out with the Lord. So daily, draw closer to the Lord daily. N, never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Never be ashamed of what the word of God has to say. Never let the world shame you. There are a bunch of sinful, philosophical people. Why would you care? And they don't have a heaven to put you in, so who cares? It's like this, that's that simple. And then A, always be ready. To serve. To serve, which means that you're not just focused on yourself. And I, it's hard at times. And there's times you do need to focus on yourself. And it's not saying never focus on yourself. But you got to also focus on other people, their lives, their universes, and what's going on with them and be in prayer for them. And by doing that, you are honoring and living in that way where you love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, presenting yourself to God. Then you love your neighbors. You love yourself. That's just the, the wit and wisdom of it all right there. Okay, that is our DNA. All right, last time on the trivia, and then we'll get into the rest of the teaching. The trivia question is, when did Mary realize that the man in the garden was Jesus? What had happened just before she got that ding? Just before the light bulb went off. Ding! Like, oh, wait. Uh, if you think you know, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Got all that stuff covered? Just think, I didn't get to do the show for two days. So, you know what, I, on, on those two days, on one day, I wrote out a whole bunch of shows, which I never do, so I thought it was really fascinating. But on this other day, the Lord gave me such a cool devotional in First John chapter 1. I mean, it was just lights out, one of the best I've ever had. So, you know, in that sense, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> I love it when the Lord shows, I mean, he shows us stuff, it's the greatest. All right, let's go back to this Psalm 9. There's something really fascinating here. And I didn't catch this until afterwards, so I, I kind of like that when I'm reading something and I think about it, and then I go, oh, you know, I didn't think about that at that moment. So Psalm 9 says this, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works. By the way, this does not mean that you have to tell people with brilliance. You just tell people, oh, this is what the Lord did for me. 
It doesn't have to be anything wise. Witnessing doesn't have to be done with such great, you know, speaking and, well, what a great orator. And just tell what God did. God's truth makes its way. So I will tell of all your marvelous works, I will be, I will be glad and rejoice in you, making that decision. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High, giving God praise and honor and glory. And then this verse 3 kind of snuck in. I didn't quite catch it. When my enemies turn back, they shall fall and perish at your presence. And then you just go on and you start reading the Psalms and you're just like, you're just going to skip by that verse because it's like, yeah, that doesn't apply to me. I don't care. And yet it does apply to us because the enemies of God, they fall and perish at God's presence. Now, what's amazing about that is that you and I find joy in the presence of the Lord and find peace and find grace in the presence of the Lord. And these people are finding judgment in a certain sense, in a certain capacity. These people that find the presence of the Lord to be uh, uh, something that makes them fall or something that makes them perish are illustrating they wouldn't even be comfortable in heaven because they don't like the presence of God. It's not good for them. But for us who are believers, it's like we want more of God. More, more, more. More, more, more. Get us up to heaven. Let's do this thing. Somebody blow the horn. Let's get the last person saved, and let's get out. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's come on. And the idea behind that is we love the Lord. We love his presence, and his presence is the fullness of joy. Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. We love that. And the, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We love that. But the enemies of God hate that. You see that big distinction? You see that big differential? People think there's political differences and cultural differences. And it's like all that stuff's like uh, uh, put it in a thimble. The big difference is in the presence of God, we rejoice. And in the presence of God, other people are going to scream and freak out and hate it. Now, there's a difference. That's a distinguishing factor. That's where you understand what Jesus said. He pulls in the net, and some go to the right, and some go to the left. Some are kept, and some are thrown out. Or that he talks about the sheep and the goat, and the sheep go to the right, and the goat go to the left. Now you're really getting where real division is. It's along the lines of God's presence. And people who are going to heaven love God's presence. And people who are not hate God's presence. That's what happens to the enemies of God. It's like, wow. In the meantime, we love the—I I praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I tell of all your marvelous works. I'm glad. I rejoice in your name. I will sing praises to you. I didn't say I'd, I'd sing good. I'm not a great singer, but I'll still sing them. If you're one of those people, you know, like Dr. Jeffers used to say, he's been this line's been around for 200 years, but it's still he does it better than most people. He says, I do sing unto the Lord. It's a joyful noise. <laughs> Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is we all have a joyful noise. Got it. If you're really that bad, which I can be, then just do it in your car. <laughs> Nobody can hear you anyway. My point is have that heart that just so wants more of God all the time inside you all the time. More of him is always a better answer. Right. All right. Uh, the answer to the trivia question, when did Mary realize that the man in the garden was Jesus? The answer to that trivia question is this. 
as soon as Jesus said her name, Mary. Then she said, Rabboni. And when God called your name, you responded the same way. When he calls your name, you get it. Okay? Going to take a break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, top of the hour. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Just as I am, you reach down. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. The deterioration of the ecosystem, or creation itself, is definitely the result of man. You say, well, how can you say that? Well, Romans chapter 8, verse 19 through 21. I just read the scriptures. I don't need anything else. The Bible says this, The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Creation itself is longing for the redemption that comes through Jesus Christ, and until that takes place, it is on a collision course down. The result of the ecosystem or creation itself crashing is a result of man's sin in the garden. So when they say, oh, well, it's not man-made, Oh, yes, it is. Of course it's man-made. It's because we messed up in the garden. But I wasn't with Adam and Eve. You were in the person of Adam and Eve. And if you want me to use it, you were in the life-giving force of Adam and Eve. And if you want me to really say it, you were in the loins of Adam and Eve. You were there, too. They stuck their fist up to God and said, nope. (laughs) And God went, Okie dokie, here's the result. The David Spoon Experience. 770 KAAM, Garland, Dallas, Fort Worth. <laughs> and now for something completely different. Here. 
Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's wild and wonderful. What's going to happen? We have no idea. Let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowser Bowser Wednesday? Because God is in charge of this crazy bus called the Christian Journey. First, not every person is the same. Not every person thinks the same, operates the same, or processes the same. And that's okie-dokie with God. After all, he made the planets different. The snowflakes are different. Fingerprints are different. Even amongst Christian families, there are differences between brothers and sisters and brothers and sisters. Next, the Apostle Paul wrote, When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. That's 1 Corinthians 13, 11. One of the classic characteristics of being a child is the desire, or wait, let me say it differently, or the threat to run away. I'm going to run away, Mom and Dad, and then you'll be sorry. The worst part about that is how many adult Christian people want to run away. Run, Forrest, run, but you won't get very far. And finally, how rehearsed are we when we engage with God? Do we have our this-is-how-we-do-it speech nailed down for when we ask God to be a little bit more generous? Structure in prayer is a good thing. Over-rehearsed speech prep is a bad thing. Sometimes we just need to go to God, go to the Father, and say, Dad, we need to talk. And just leave it at that. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. That's good. Politics, entertainment, and current events. What's a current event? Dave slipped in the bathroom and smashed his leg against the little door jam, and now he's got this really big bruise, and a lot of people have seen it, and they said, wow, it's a big one. Personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities like that, and oy vey, oy vey, oy vey, oy vey, oy You know, when my Yiddish goes, the show is over. I'm just telling you right now. Oy vey, so much more. We're asking you, what do you think, folks? What's on your mind? You can reach out to us, and you can do that by sending an email, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483, 214-210-8483. And then you can also call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you do that, Captain Chris will answer the phone, and you will be sailing in the right direction. Now, you may have something that's going on inside you that you're thinking, I got a question. You might think, you know, I have a comment. You know, you might be thinking, you know, I had this thought. I wanted to just kind of share it. Maybe you have a prayer request or a praise report, an answer to Bible trivia. Maybe any of those things are running through your heart and mind. Here's the two things to remember. On this show, not on every show, on this show, 
we're all about strengthening one another as we see the kingdom approaching. You think, why? Why are you doing that? There are many excellent shows that give you a wonderful opportunity to vent about all the things that are taking place in society. Check them out. Use them. Go to them. Participate. We want you to. But on this show, I want to hear a little bit more up than a little more down because 22 and a half hours is surrounded by a lot of yeah. And I've had had enough of that. So in the afternoon, I want a break. And what I want to do is lift one another up, strengthen one another, and bless one another. Now, getting ready to do the trivia question. You've got somebody that's got a prayer request, praise report, something along those lines, or they got a pizza for us. Which one of those? They have a question for you. They got a question for me. Well, then I'll wait on the Bible trivia, and then we'll give them an opportunity first, and hopefully we can help. And then if not, you know, eh, 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 what are you going to do? All right, so let's talk to this person first and see what happens. Okay. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Annika. Hi, Annika. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. And yourself? I'm. I'm sorry to hear about your accident. Yeah, a, it was a. It was a classic moment in life. But I am doing much, 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 much better. Recovering much, 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 much faster. And very, 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 very thankful for the grace of God. That's what. Ah, oh, very good. Well, I wish you a really speedy recovery. Amen. Amen. How can I help? Is there something I can help you with? Maybe. Yes. If I okay. um, seeing as the Thanksgiving holiday and the Christmas holidays are coming up, uh-huh. um, I come from a very difficult <laughs> family background, a family of origin, and they're asking to get together for Thanksgiving, but there are usually all kinds of little tricks. Um, someone that New has known me for a really long time, has described me as Marilyn of the Bunsters. Are you familiar with that show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah sure. Okay. So that's my family. And, I, and so um, my husband now, I'm married now, and he's gotten to see, you know, the family situation. And it's kind of like Charlie Brown with the football, you know, and... And it gets pulled out at the last minute because I'm always hopeful, and they're not believers. I don't know if I can say what religion we grew up in, but um, they're not—they're not practicing that religion anyway. Not really. Um, so you're trying to figure out whether you should go or you should avoid it, or you yeah, know. yeah, because um, I'm. There's the hopeful side of me, and then there's also the curious side, you know, to see some of these members. Um, Some of the members did horrible things at the passing of my parents and even right before the passing of my parents. And, you know, I had to do, um, I had to take legal to separate myself from the things they were doing that we were all tied into. And just awful. Every chance they get, they, they plant seeds that create horrible remembrances of, like, my parents, or it, it's, you know, it's just one thing after another, and they're not nice, gotcha. is the bottom line. They're not believers. Gotcha. Let me let me ask you this couple of questions, okay, because I'm not going to give you, like, professional counseling advice or anything. I'm just going to give you, a, I'm a brother in the Lord. This is kind of like my take on it, so I just want to make sure you understand it with that Part of it, but yes, with you that's and what with, I'm hoping to hear, yeah. With, with you and your husband, do the is there a consensus between the two of you on whether you should go or not? Where where does that stand? He le- 
needs that we not go because it's just another setup, I can go with that. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, if I'm supposed to have some Christian duty to be representative of Christ, but, you know, they're not interested in that, especially coming from me. They, right. they don't want to hear anything coming from me because right. I have no credibility with them. Well, that that would be the first—see, that right there, that would tell you that you're, a Christian obligation would be one that you have to share, to be a part of, that especially if the Lord wants you to be a representative, he'll—I mean, that's a partnership you're doing with God. And at this point, you guys are like going, well, okay, we can stick our head where the whack-a-mole holes are and let them just keep smacking <laughs> us in the head, and that doesn't seem like that's the greatest so idea, I mean, uh, to me. And that's why I asked you about your husband, because to me, if this was uh, my wife— and I, how I would how I would do it. I'm just literally putting myself in your shoes and then just kind of flipping it. I would I would first say where are we at, and I would take what she thinks as a as an enormous uh, barometer to help me decide. It's it's I'm, I'm going to say something that some people are going to probably send me an email, which always happens. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't think you're going to sin either way. I think you need to make the best judgment you call call that you can make. Make the best judgment that you guys are, are inclined with. Make sure it's you and your husband in in unity in that decision. And whatever that decision is, number one, it doesn't have to stay that way whether you go or don't go. That's not a permanent decision. It's a this time decision. And then also, so there's always room for change or whatever the case may be. And then also, once you make that decision, you commit it unto the Lord. And if the Lord wants to change it, you surrender that and say, Lord, this is the direction I'm going to go, and this is what I think is best to do, and I'm going to surrender this to you. And if you want to change me or change it, just make that known, and, and I'll follow whatever it is you want. And if you are like, it doesn't matter, you just make a good choice, uh, I'll just make the best choice that I can. I've actually had that happen where I fasted for a decision between two things, and you know what? The, uh-huh. the Lord actually spoke to me. I mean, he just one of those kind of like breakthroughs. It's only happened maybe 10 times in my 43 years, but he said, make a good choice. <laughs> and I thought, and I got it right away because God knew what I was going to choose. He knew what was going to happen, but he was telling me, use the wisdom, use the capacity, use the facilities he's given me and make that choice unto him and stick with that. And if the Lord wants to change something, he will, whatever direction you go. I would not condemn myself in, in either the going or the not going. That's where I would stay away from that. I would stay in husband-wife unity and in, in, in where you believe the impression of the Lord is, and whatever you decide, take that and surrender it. If you decide not to go, say, Lord, if you want me to go, change that. If you decide to go and, and it's a bad idea, to say, Lord, change it. I am your servant. I'll do what you want. That's how I'd do it. Okay. Okay. That that sounds right. Okay. okay. And I don't feel condemned. I know they will condemn me because um, my my nephew is trying to pull it together. Um, I think I, his father has kind of got a long term disease that's not not good, and I think. The nephew's trying to pull it together, but you know, there's just so much game playing that it's it's just another setup and another generation setup is what it feels like it may be walking into. Yeah, and that you really got to be careful. I mean, I grew up in a home where so my family's Jewish, and then I you know became a Christian, and we were we were allowed to go to the first six months worth of things, and then we were. <laughs> 
<laughs> then we were politely asked to leave the family eternally. Uh, oh. So, so uh, and that's been 40, 40, 40 plus years. Uh, I've never regretted any of it, only in the context that I think the family of God, the brothers and sisters and moms and dads and the family of God are just fantastic. So I just like, man, yeah. Yeah. I, I got great people all over the place, and I'm not going to be sorry about that. Uh, they couldn't put me in heaven, and they were actually were trying to get me to go to hell. And I was like, nah, it ain't going to happen. Yeah, well, and I'm, see, I'm the opposite because, you know, every time I go, I do regret it because there's always a gotcha that gets pulled on me, and I... That's frustrating. I know that's frustrating, so I feel for you. Let me pray for you. Can I do that Thank real quick? Sure. That's right. Yeah, what's, your, what's your husband's name? Is it, is it okay if I Neil. ask you? What's his name? Neil. Neil? All right, so it's mm-hmm. Neil and Annika. I just want to make sure I say it right and not, not do it wrong. All right, let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. I lift up Neil to you and lift up Annika. And she's just being honest, Lord. She's just trying to figure out, man, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? A setup to go into? Or is this uh, something that you will bring her through, that you want her to be there, and you'll put uh, angels in front of her or behind her? Lord, it's not for me to tell her, but it is for you to tell her and to direct them. And many people who are listening have had family events that are like this, and some of them we all know we should have gone to, and some of them we know we all shouldn't have gone to. It's kind of like both sides of that. So what we're asking you is that you would guide and direct Annika and Neil, that they be of one mind, one accord, making the best decision they can make before you, but also surrendering that to you so that if you need to change that, it can be changed. But, Lord, let them not be in that condemnation place. Let them be strong. Let them be firm in their faith, not allowing any other people to interfere between that love that you call us to. Because you say to us, you have to love me more than any of your family. And that's where you've called us to. And that's what we're going to walk in and do the best that we can do in that. Just pray you bless them both and guide them both and give them peace and courage and wisdom in this process. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay. Amen. All right. You let us know what you're gonna. You got a little bit of time. Let us let us know what <laughs> let us know what you're gonna do. But if you end up going, take notes. Anyway. <laughs> okay. And thanks so much. I I I really this has given me a lot I can work with. That's really positive. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. And just just hope that the Lord guides you in that. Just be sensitive to Him. That's the biggest thing you want to do. Okay. Thanks so much. All right. God bless. Mm-hmm. God bless you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. What we'll do is we're going to take our break and then come back. We're going to probably take a shorter break. Are we going to take a shorter break? Yeah, take a shorter break. All right. So if you're listening and you like the show, don't be long. Don't be gone for three minutes. That's all we're going to say. All right. So uh, what are we saying here? Uh, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Like any person searching for answers, I too have wondered about him. He has a weird sense of humor. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. Those big ears really don't help. Will people enjoy his perspective on culture, politics, food, sports, and local and national news? I don't know. He's just a client. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience on KAAM. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Don't forget, it's K-double-amen. You know, we got to do that in such a voice, though, 
that it's just like it's startling. Like, don't forget it's K double Amen. Okay, something like that. Yeah. A little too Clint Eastwoody there. Okay. Uh, let's get to our trivia question. Great call by Annika. Great call also earlier today by Sergio. You know, people, you guys are great. We just we love you guys and just want the Lord to bless you and guide you. And I mean, that's exactly what we want. We want it to be a Christian community that supports one another. Here's your next trivia question. To whom did Jesus say, today you will be with me in paradise? Go a whole theological uh, notion on that uh, last word, but we'll just who did he say that to? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also uh, text in 214-210-8483, and then you can also send an email, david at he must increase.org. Okay, I have a poem. What? It's a Christian poem. So I came across this. I thought, this is kind of cute, you know. Uh, it's uh, pretty interesting. It's a little lengthy, but you can give me a buzz up or buzz down at the end of it. It's not roses are red, violets are bluish. If it wasn't for Jesus, we'd all be Jewish. I mean, that's a good one. <laughs> I told you guys, my mom told you that, right? All right. Uh, we do have somebody calling in on the uh, trivia question, so we'll give them a chance before we do the the poem. Yeah, we don't often do poems because I'm not a poem reader. In the sense of doing that professionally or anything like that. Is somebody ready to answer trivia? Okay, here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Oh, hi, David. This is Deborah. I just banged my head on the wall. <laughs> now, wh- why would you do that? You, you sounded like me. You sounded like me smacking my knee. Why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> That's the first time we've ever gotten a call ever in my life where they went, ow, first. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, you okay? You doing all right? You're not, yeah, you're, I'm fine. You're not, I've got a hard head. Okay, all right. That's why I like you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, eh, it I actually me. did the very same thing you did about five years ago. I did the very same thing. Oh, with the knee? And the smacking into the yeah, wall? Yeah, the knee and the forehead and the nose. Yeah, it's what's amazing is the the wall didn't seem to be bothered at it by all, at all. I mean, oh, this, not at all. No, no, it's just like, it's just like <laughs> yes, I'm still here. It's like, thank you very much. So <laughs> it is one of those things where it's it's its own little humiliation, isn't it? All right. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> to whom did Jesus say, today you will be with me in paradise? That would be the thief who was hanging on one of the other crosses. That is correct. And he was, remember what he said to him? He said something really interesting. He said, remember me, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He's like, remember who I am. Remember me when you get there, and and just like Jesus, like you're gonna be there with me, and it's like wow. And you <laughs> think so people, awesome. pe- I know people get into all these deep. Well, you gotta say this or you gotta say this. This guy only said one thing. Remember me, and Jesus goes, you got it. <laughs> it's like yep, there it is. <laughs> no doubt. I love that. That's one of my favorites. Excellent, excellent job. He was on the uh, other I side. I wish you a very quick recovery. <laughs> Thank you so much, and you too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm good. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much. Great job, Deborah. Thanks. All right. Bye bye. 
All right. We are just we're just rolling today. It doesn't, did we miss a beat? Doesn't seem like we missed a beat. All right, this is a short one. Don't, people don't forget. But it's a good one. It's a good one. I was shocked, confused, bewildered as I entered heaven's door, not by the beauty of it all, but by the lights and its decor. But it was the folks in heaven who made me sputter and gasp, the thieves, the liars, the sinners, the alcoholics, and the trash. There stood the kid from seventh grade who swiped my lunch money twice. Next to him was my old neighbor who never said anything nice. Uncle Bill, who I always thought was rotting away in hell, was sitting pretty on cloud nine, looking incredibly well. I nudged Jesus. What's the deal? I would love to hear your take. How'd all these sinners get up here? God must have made a mistake. And why is everyone so quiet, so somber? Please give me a clue. Hush, child, Jesus said. They're all in shock because nobody thought they'd see you. One, right? That's pretty good. I think that's pretty good. All right. All right. We're never going to get through this whole thing that I got here. <laughs> Odds are so thin. Uh, they're thin like I want to be thin. That's how thin they are. All right. Let's, uh, let me at least read the text. Uh, we're not going to get through all of it, but we'll have a good time and enjoy what we can get out of it, the most important parts. And I do want to make sure that we get this point across. Uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So the father divided the property between them. Okay. Not long after that, the young son got together, all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. Just want to back up a second because there's just not a lot of people that will take the time to kind of think this very – now, it's a story. Okay, and I know when we get to the story, we probably won't get to this part where it talks about the robe and the ring and the sandals. There's great teachings on the robe represents this, the ring represents this, the sandal represents this. But Jesus was telling a story, and sometimes the story is just a story, and uh, sometimes we just blow a bunch of things into it because it's fun. <laughs> don't don't lie. It's fun to go. Oh, this could be this, and this could be this, and this could be this, and the pig represents this, and this, and this, and it's like. Or it's a story, <laughs> whatever whatever makes you happy. That, that, that's fantastic. As long as it draws you closer to the Lord, nobody cares. Here's what the big thing is. There's two sons. One is seeking an immediate independence from his father, and the other one is extremely accommodating. And what I want to point out is this, that there are two sons in one father's household, and guess what they are not? And the answer is the same. They're different. You got one kid that's like, I'm, I'm out of here. I got to go check it out. I got to go see what's happening in, uh, I don't know, where, whatever the next city is. And then you got the other kid that's like, I'm happy at home. I don't want to go anywhere, right? What's really funny is that depending on the parents you talk to, that makes a lot of sense because some of the parents are like, get out. <laughs> and then the other parents are, never leave, right? I know parents on both sides of that, okay? Here's the thing. The one son is seeking independence. The other one is, uh, uh, you know, content to stay where he's at. And then the third player in the sequel is the father. And I, I, I've always thought this was the most bizarre thing, but the father knew when to let it go. 
I just find that to be amazing. If my kid came up to me and said, Dad, give me my inheritance early. I'm getting out of here. I'm out of here. I'd be like, here's your, here's your uh, you know, carrot. <laughs> I mean, it's a literal carrot. That's all you're getting from me because that's how I would be. So the first thing I want to say about this is there are three players in this story that Jesus is telling. Two are sons. One is completely different than the other. So keep in mind that in the same family of God and in the same physical family and in an actual personal family, people are different. They're just different. Just stop trying to make everybody the same. And they're never going to work. God doesn't do it. That's why there's snowflakes. That's why there's fingerprints. That's why there's eye scans. That's why there's all those things because people are different. I mean, why does God make things different? He gives everybody its own uh, value by doing that. It's just kind of a cool way to do it. It's like everybody has a uniqueness. Well, that's cool. And then the father just said, you know what? Forget it. Okay. See ya. It's a, I, as a dad, I, you know, I struggle with this as to, to know when to let go. I think it's hard. I don't, I don't think that's easy, but he was a very accommodating father. And, uh, and what I'm really going to focus in on is the next segment, which is why they're running. And we'll get to that in a second. But I want you to understand there's differences in the family of God. And you might do something different. And your son might do something different. So my son has children. They're, uh, you know, like you know, younger kids. I would do it different. He's doing it different. My daughter has kids. They do it different. Here's what I figured out. Not everybody listens to Dave. In the family. <laughs> you want to know why? Dave doesn't know everything. Some dads are a lot smarter than me. And I think it's amazing that this father let them go. And sometimes you got to do that with family. Just, okay, see ya. And that's hard, but you got to trust that God. You know what you got to trust? You got to trust that God has a tracker. You know what a tracker is? So that's when you throw something on somebody and it tracks wherever they're going. You got to trust that God has a tracker on your kids, even if you have to let go. Because before they're your kids, they're his kids. And before they're your family, your brothers and sisters, they're God's kids, always first. But sometimes you got to know when to let go. And sometimes you just got to be aware. People are not always the same. Boy, I wonder if that correlates for Annika at all. Huh, I don't know. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is you got these players, and we're going to look at when we come back, why? Why did he want to run? That's what we're going to talk about. That's what's fascinating, but why? All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. is the David Spoon Experience. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been my privilege in my past. I've been a Christian for a short time, only about 40 years. But when I was in my first year, I had a chance to meet James Robeson, who had a chance to pray for my brother and myself. Uh, very helpful at a very needful time as we were fighting our way out of a Christian cult. And uh, he prayed for clarity. And uh, it was just a pastor's gathering in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, I have the privilege again of interviewing one of what, what I consider to be one of the great men of God who are still with us on this planet. And I just want to give a wholehearted welcome and open door and open heart to James Robinson. Uh, thank you, sir, for being a part of our show and a part of our audience. Well, David, it's a pleasure to join with you, and I'm grateful that praying together was uh, meaningful to you and a very important, important point in your life. So just 
joy to be with you and your listeners. Now, David, can I just download what I believe is the heart of our Heavenly Father to your listeners for a few minutes? Yes, please, by all means. When I spoke to the leaders before the election, and I talked about the need, this is in Washington, there were nearly 2,000 pastors and church leaders there. And I said, I'm telling you, there are people right now who are being captivated by the Jesus they see in some of our lives. And I said, listen to me. We have a fatherless nation, desperately in need of a father. If we, as believers, as Christians, who have the perfect father, if we would show people clearly what the family of the perfect father looks like, I believe the fatherless would run to the father and the father's house. And I believe that. I said that to the President of the United States. I said, sir, your children say you're a good father. Eric Trump happened to be sitting by me when I first said that. Eric said, he's a great father. I said, well, he may be, but that doesn't mean he's flawless. I do believe that we need a father, and I believe we can pray and God can raise up people that have a father's heart. And so I began to emphasize the church revealing what the father's like. Now listen to me. We as believers comprise the body of Christ the body of born-again, baptized into Christ believers who are born from above. We have a perfect Heavenly Father who reveals His will. He's not willing that any should perish. He said, you call on me, and I'll heal your land. Now listen to me. Christian believers, we're not looking for a champion. We've got one. He's the only one that rides the white horse. We're not looking for a king. We have a king. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. That's Jesus. He holds kings in His hand. Our king, our shepherd, our father said, come to me as my family, and you ask me to heal your land in desperate need of healing. You come in humility. You come knowing I'm the only one that can heal, and I can use imperfect vessels to accomplish my perfect will. I always have. I always will. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Really funny about that song. I just heard that that song driving in today. I love that song. So, so it's just wonderful. It's Phil Kagey's What a Day. Anyway. Uh, oh, trivia. Okay. Hey, I can remember a little. Okay. Uh, oh, this is a good one. Tough, though. Tough. According to the Gospel of Mark... Okay, can't say that any clearer. Okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, according to the Gospel of Mark, why did the women say nothing about the angel's message? See, now you go to the, go to the end of Mark, then you look it up, and you'll see what, what their response was, and then you'll be able to tell us. See? You can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text. Oh, Joy Ann and Cordelia, just so fast. Uh, you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can also send an email, david at hemustincrease.org, which, by the way, we do want to remind people about the website. Please check out hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook. He must increase ministry. YouTube. He must increase ministry. Okay, so the question that we're asking is why did the women say nothing about the angel's message according to the Gospel of Mark? So if you think you know that answer, you can let us know. In the meantime, we do have history. History. 
Eric also stepping in. Good job. Uh, on history today, there's a couple of funny things, uh, a couple of not funny things. I mean, that pretty much happens all the time. All right, it's Elephant Appreciation Day. Okay, so I don't know. My mom liked elephants. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I appreciate them. Yeah, I haven't really talked to one in a very long time. So, you know, back in the. Back in the earlier BC days, maybe I've had a couple conversations. Uh, also, the today is Hobbit Day for those that are Hobbit fans, Lord of the Ring fans, and so on and so forth. Right? That's the whole. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I hope so. Uh, ice cream cone day. <laughs> I can get on board with that one. I mean, that or now you got it. And then National White Chocolate Day, and I love white chocolate. I love white. Cho- I'm a big fan. I got to tell you. All right. All right. And then uh, finally, it's National Bike to Work Day. Yeah, I, I live 34 miles from here. <laughs> oh, Dave, you can no? catch a bus and and what? Buy a bike? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> bike. That's fine. Let's start at midnight. You'll get here. Yeah. Uh, maybe <laughs> not with this knee. <laughs> I'll be I'll be using my crutch and I'll be pushing myself along. Uh, for those that want to know, there are a hundred days left in the year. That's good to know. And then uh, you could not. I cannot make this up. In 1986, on this day, and in 2004, on this day. So same day, 1986 and 2004. Ready? Elf debuted in 1986 and Lost debuted in 2004. It's got to be a connection. I don't know what it is, but there just has to be. And then finally, 1964, Fiddler on the Roof. Ah! Came a Broadway musical, ran for over three Thousand performances, right? If I were a rich man, da 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 da. Okay, it's the first VCR movie I ever gave my mom as a present. Where are we? Trivia, and then the thing. Okay, the trivia question is: According to Mark, why did the women say nothing about the angel's message? Now, if you don't know and you have no idea, that's one thing. But if you you kind of know, look it up. And then kind of get your verification, and you'll know. All right, I want to go back to this uh, portion on the prodigal. Uh, Many people, you've heard many, many sermons. I've talked about it on this show before, so it's not like a new thing. But I do want to really focus in on this one part. This one part here, to me, speaks uh, deeply to uh, our our character of who we are as, as people. Verse 13, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So when he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him in his fields to feed the pigs, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. This is a story. It's an illustrative story that Jesus is going to use. The primary purpose of this story, no matter what anybody says anywhere on planet Earth, the primary purpose in this story is to declare the character of God in looking for his kids. That's, that's the, the thrust of the story, the reason for the story, the purpose behind the story, 
Okay, the the whole premise is Jesus teaching about kids that go wayward and they come back, and then there's a dad, and the dad's still looking for him, and this is all connected to God. That is the first and primary purpose, and I just don't want anybody to miss it. But I think it's a fascinating illustration that Jesus talks about somebody running. And why that's important is because Christians do this on a regular basis. Lest you think this only takes place in the New Testament, here you have Psalm 55, 6, and 7. I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. That's King David. <laughs> this is, this is the story about the running, that's not new. Jonah ran. That didn't go well. But Jonah ran. People run all the time. The question is, why do we run? What is it inside you and me that makes us run away from God? That's the question. In my case, so I'm only going to speak for me. I'm not speaking for you. In my case, it's disappointment and insecurity. That's that's for me. But there's a multitude of reasons that people run. And let's be honest, even the passage gives way to it can be fun in the beginning. Right? Kids out there partying, spending money. Yeah, he's probably getting great food. Let's just go with that. Right? I mean, he's spending money, right? Going through his inheritance. Yeah, this is going great. Right? Yeah. But it doesn't have a lasting satisfaction. And every time you and I try to find the answers outside of God and we run or we go into other territory because we think the grass looks greener over there. Let me give props to Frederick K. Price, who I talked about last week, who said every time somebody is on the other side they go the grass is greener over there and if you go out of that side they go the grass is greener over there and if you go somewhere else they go the grass is greener over there it always seems greener over there that's the whole point and the point of this is people run because they think the grass is greener somewhere else and they are going to find some sense of satisfaction They're going to find some sense of fun. They're going to find some sense of fulfillment. And that's going to be the answer to everything. And it never is. Not it sometimes is. Never is. Who were the first runners? Adam and Eve hid from God's presence because of they sinned. They thought, oh, this is great. Oh, no, here comes God. This isn't great. Oh, no. And just think about that. They, were, they thought they weren't content in the Garden of Eden, and now we got this. <laughs> Take a look around like, uh, I think the Garden of Eden would have been a little nicer. Thank you. And people run because they think they're going to find this satisfaction. Do you know what the word prodigal means? P-R-O-D-I-G-A-L? You know what it means? It means wasteful or futile. It's futile to run. Oh, sure. You might 
have a few moments where it goes great. He spent money. He was having a great time till the money ran out, as it always does, because sin can be fun seasonally. That's what the scripture says. Sin is pleasurable for a season, and then it runs out, and then it's not the fun that it used to be. There is no lasting satisfaction in any other territory in your life. And the only question that is left is how long will it take us to become people that come to our senses? That's the only question. And I think Jesus says it really nice. He's so nice. He's like, and when the son comes to his senses, it's like, you could say it in a couple of Yiddish ways. Well, and when he's not being quite so stupid, you know, it's like that's, that's the same thing, only on another side. Like when he figures it out and the light bulb goes on, and the, what what do we say? About time, right? <laughs> right. But this is us. This is what people do. They run from God, and they think they're going to find something in some other thing. They think they're going to find it in some other way or some other fashion. It's not in the Lord. It's seasonal. It can be initially. It can be fun, but it always bottoms out. There's no lasting satisfaction, and then there's just a longing to be back where we were before. Even in us, there's just this longing to have this rightness with God so that we don't have to keep falling backwards into this other stuff that's just driving us crazy. How long will it take us to come to our senses? That's an interesting question. All right? All right, we're going to take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Now, he's crying. Now, I was still of the mindset that men don't cry, okay, just so you can know. And I'm getting mad because it's my story and he's crying. And I'm thinking, it's my story 
Why are you crying? That's what I'm thinking in my mind. And he's crying. He's apparently a good crier. I don't know what a good crier is. I learned after my dad died, but I mean, somewhat. But this is real. You know, he's sobbing. And I'm like, and he looks up at me after he's cried for about a minute and a half. And his eyes are red. And he looks at me and he says, this is how the Lord hurts for you. And that was it. Bam. It was like somebody just took a hammer and broke my hard heart and my, you know, my pride attitude and my, my over arrogance and my, my everything looking at that guy showing me crying and tears and all I could think of was Jesus wept. The David Spoon Experience, weekdays at 2 on God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Also, KAAM. I'm going to figure that out. There's going to be, I'm going to do it enough times where I'm going to go, what's the one? What's it right there? Uh, I didn't give the answer for the last trivia. Why? Well, I hurt my leg on Sunday, so that's affect my brain cells. <laughs> or affected. That could also be true. Uh, according to Mark, why did the women say nothing about the angel's message? The answer to that, just uh, in case you uh, didn't know, so I, was that our that was our, our trivia question, right? I mean, that was the one, right? Uh, because they were afraid. They were afraid. And let's be honest, there are times where we don't say anything because we're afraid. So you're not the only person that goes through it. Everybody goes through, you know, moments and times like that. Like, should I say something now? Should I say something now? Okay. Not like the commercial. Don't don't go down that road. Uh, so I'll make this last one a pretty easy one. Filling in the missing words from Jesus with his conversation that he had with his two friends on Sunday afternoon, the two that were on the road to Emmaus. He said, he ex- it says, the scripture says, he explained to them what was said in all of the blank concerning himself. You got to fill this in. Uh, translation-wise, it's do your best. Uh, he, what is the, the, what is this blank word? He explained to them, to the two guys, what was said in all of the blank concerning himself. Okay, okay, all right, okay, all right. I'll take one of two answers. Will be okay with me. All right, okay. If you think you know the answer, you are welcome. To call in 972-445-0770. You are also welcome to text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, David, at he must increase.org. Is there anything I missed? I think we covered most everything. Remind me to do the trivia answer. <laughs> he's got he's got a paper that says trivia on it facing me. You only hope that helps me. You gotta you gotta point to it. You know what I'm saying, Chris? You gotta go, Dave. Over here, you should get like a little light thing. I think I got a flashlight in here I can shine at that's you. What, that's it. That's it right there. We got to get a flashlight. All right, let's go to the rest of this. So I want to I make sure you understand or I, I want to make sure you get this part. It's a really important 
that you understand this. So you've got two sons. This is a story. It's an illustration. This didn't happen. This isn't, you know, it's not that it doesn't happen. I'm just saying this is a story. It's either telling a story like, uh, you know, the turtle goes across the street and the scorpion goes on the back of the turtle. And then, okay. Okay. There's no turtle. There's no scorpion. How do you know that? Well, because if the scorpion strung the turtle, they both would have drowned, right? And then there was nobody there to tell the story. Therefore, you know it's a story. That's all I'm trying to help you with. So there's two sons. They're different. One's like totally satisfied where he's at. The other one's totally like dissatisfied and thinks that by running away and taking charge and adding something into his life like sin, he's going to find out that uh, there's so much more happiness to be gotten. And so that's what he does. And he goes and he sends his brains out. That's just, just, might as well just say it. So Jesus is like teaching this lesson about it. So there's one kid, he goes away and he just like you know, takes all this money and just kind of blows it. Right? What does the passage say? He's, he's squandering the money. He squanders his wealth in wild living. What do you think he's trying to say? Exactly what's going on in your mind, that's what he's saying. After he spent everything, so he runs out. Now there's a famine. You see, life changes. <laughs> I know that's a horrible thought because nobody really likes change, but life changes. And if that boy, and we'll call him a boy at this point, had stayed his ground where he was supposed to be in his father's home, there had been no impact on his life whatsoever. So in the story, you get to understand that his departure and seeking for fun created the problems because he didn't have to go through that. In fact, the solution was what? Go back. Go home. Go home. That was the solution, right? What I find amazing is this. He, we're not going to get into it because I don't have time. But the rehearsal, I'm going to, I'm going to say this. I'm going to do. So he's trying to manipulate his way back in. If you don't know that, that's what he's doing. Remember what he says. He says, uh, uh, he says, uh, I'm going to go back and say to my father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he went up to go see the father. His father sees him. And as soon as the son and the father come in contact, I'm not talking about what the father did yet, but the son goes into the rehearsal. He goes, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be your son. He's going through it. He's going through the process. He's going through what he's rehearsed in his mind, our perspective of what is required to return to God. He's got a whole list of how he's going to approach it. And don't tell me it's not manipulation. Of course it is. Dad, I was really bad. And you know what? I'm not worthy to be your kid, so I'll just take a servant position. And he's trying to work it back so that at least he's safe. Right? And nobody cares about that. Everybody knows that's just not real. It's what the father does. That's the picture of God. This is the story. Don't tell me about the robe and the rings and the sandals. Don't tell me about this. And yeah, I do a whole teaching on the brother. The brother is uh, not the greatest brother in the world. He's not even happy. His brother's back, doesn't care. The fat cat, the fatted calf's killed. He doesn't like that because bottom line is he's losing money. I mean, this, this isn't good for him. Okay, that's it. Look at what the father does. So he got up and went to his father while he's still a long way off. His father saw him filled with compassion. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. He's a long way off. Do you ever look down? Uh, do you ever go on a train? Do you ever look down the thing to see where the train's coming? Like you're looking down there is going to speed it up or something? Uh, 
He's like looking. He's looking for the kid. Right? It's not a long way off. He saw him. What was he filled with? Compassion. What is it that God is filled with when you come back after you've run away, after you've uh, blown your money in wild living, after you thought you were going to find satisfaction in something else, after you engaged in sin that was absolutely not going to help you? What does uh, the Father uh, do? He has compassion. Now, you should just write that down. Dun, ding, dun. That's the story. God doesn't have him going through hoops. He doesn't, well, you know, say 20, I hit you with the wet noodles or something. It's like he has compassion. The father runs to him, falls on him, and kisses him. That's all because of the compassion. And that, by the way, is what in the story? Jesus is telling a story about what? People that run away from God and come back. That's a picture of God. Looking for him, compassion towards him, runs to him. Doesn't even wait, you know what I'm saying? He could have waited and let this, you know, I'm the father. I'll wait until you come and sit. The father goes to him. That never happens in normal relationships. The father falls on him instead of him falling on the father. Everything is bad. The kingdom of God is just like that. In order to see, you got to believe. In order to live, you got to die. In order to receive, you got to give. It's like always backwards. And in this case, the, the father is pictured as God, and God's looking for him. He has compassion on him. He runs to him. He falls on him. He kisses him. And, of course, what happens? The kid doesn't get it. Oh, father, I've sinned against you. So he goes through his routine. Totally missing the compassion of God. That's what we do. Forget all, get into the story, get into the intricacies. Cool, cool, cool. I, and actually, I think they're fun, just to be honest. It's not that bad, bad a thing. But don't miss the story. This is a picture of God looking for our return, looking for the Adam and Eve to get out of the bushes, come before him, and go, ah, sorry. Whoops, that was bad. Bad, bad, bad call. Shouldn't have done that. Really, I'm sorry. I know you'll forgive me, but I just want you to know I'm I'm hurt that I hurt that I hurt you hurt your you know hurt your integrity that way and d- did bad towards you. That's just honest. You know, when I sin, I don't sit there and say to the Lord, "Well, that was the situation." You don't justify yourself before the Lord. You own it. You eat it. You own it, and you surrender in it, and go, "Okay, got to do a little better there, huh?" I I, I just think that. What we've taught everybody is, you got to do it this way. If you don't do exactly as I say as a preacher, I'm going to take my shoe off and throw it at you. I think maybe you should just come before the Lord and go, I need help, man. I'm not doing this on my own. I'm not doing well. I'm not. I'm quenching your Holy Spirit like crazy. I'm not in your word. I'm not praying. I'm not spending time in fellowship. I'm like, <sighs> we just need him. We need God. In that compassion that he has, we need his help, and we just need to recognize he's there waiting for us, ready to have compassion on us. I mean, that's just the most awesome thing. Runs to him, not the sun running to him. Kisses, falls on him, not the sun falling on him. Kisses, that, that's not the sun doing that. All those things the father's doing. The, sh- the son should have been doing and didn't do. Isn't that weird? 
But that's a picture of God, so much he loves us. Okay? All right. We do have somebody calling in. I don't know if they're going to answer the trivia. We only got one minute left, and we have a hard, hard break. So are we going to try and get this in? We're going to try. Okay, you only got a minute. All right, let's go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hello? Hello? Uh, Mary, we only got about 30 seconds. I think I think the answer is he says that the prophets uh, have spoken uh, about me. Yeah, that's close enough. So it'll either be scriptures or prophets, whatever the scriptures say, whatever the prof- law of the prophets say. Either one of those will work. Good job, Mary. We only got about 20 seconds, but I want to say good job. That was very good work oh. on your part. Okay. Well, thank you. All right. God bless. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. God bless you, too. We'll see you tomorrow. Man. You got Listen it. Listen to you. Oh, no, no, no. I know. See, tomorrow's Thursday. Now we got Bible study here tomorrow. Okay. I won't be listening. Okay. okay. All right. Bye-bye, Mary. Happy Friday. All, All right. Bye. And there goes Mary. Okay. Well, we got her in, right? The scriptures is the primary answer. The Torah law prophets, that would also work. Uh, okay, folks, we're going to wrap it up for today because we're running behind. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll be back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. When God delays the answer to prayer, it is because He's dealing with a national and corporate and individual sins that